This is video podcast 37 from learningradiology.com, sacroiliitis. Hello, I'm William Herring from Albert Einstein Medical Center in Philadelphia. In this podcast, we're going to talk about osteitis condensans ilii, which is not an arthritis, and then several arthritides, the seronegative spondyloarthropathies, ankylosing spondylitis, and inflammatory bowel disease, and other seronegative spondyloarthropathies, psoriasis, and riders. Normally, the SI joints are uniform in size throughout. Actually, only the lower two-thirds of the sacroiliac joint is the true joint. Why do we see two sacroiliac joints on each side frequently? The reason is that the sacroiliac joint runs diagonally. When the frontal x-ray beam passes through the anterior aspect of the sacroiliac joint, it catches a portion of it in tangent. Then, when it passes through the posterior aspect of the sacroiliac joint, it usually catches the more medial aspect in tangent. This produces the appearance of two sacroiliac joints on each side. In reality, of course, there is only one. Osteitis condensans ilii is a benign sclerosing lesion of the iliac side of the sacroiliac joints. It usually occurs in young, multiparous females, although it can occur in males. It's frequently bilaterally symmetric and rarely symptomatic, and its cause is not fully understood. This is a plain film example of osteitis condensans ilii. The red arrows are pointing to the sclerosis, which actually is only on the iliac side of the sacroiliac joint, but which may project on both sides of the sacroiliac joint because of the oblique nature of the joint. And this is a CT scan in osteitis condensans ilii, in which the red arrows are again pointing to the sclerosis on the iliac side of the sacroiliac joint. Seronegative spondyloarthropathies. Ankylosing spondylitis is by far the most common. It primarily affects the sacroiliac joints and the spine. It is a chronic inflammatory disease. Most patients are HLB27 positive and rheumatoid factor negative. The etiology of it is not known and it tends to occur in young adult white males. SI joint involvement is a hallmark of the disease and it is the usual site of initial involvement. The synovial portion of the sacroiliac joint is that portion which is most frequently involved and that is the inferior and anterior portion of the joint. Other enthesopathies like fuse idiopathic skeletal hyperostosis can cause bridging of the upper non-synovial portion of the joint. Ankylosing spondylitis begins with widening of the sacroiliac joint and erosions and then later goes on to form ankylosis and fusion and it is bilaterally symmetrical. We don't usually see ankylosing spondylitis in its initial phase when the SI joint is widened. We usually see it in this phase, which represents a healing phase in which the sacroiliac joints shown here by the red arrows are fused, and there is in this patient also fusion of the symphysis pubis, shown by the yellow arrow. 
This is a CT scan of the pelvis in a patient with ankylosing spondylitis, and you can see that the red arrows are pointing to the fused sacroiliac joints bilaterally. In the spine, ankylosing spondylitis begins at either the thoracolumbar junction or at the lumbosacral junction. It extends symmetrically without skip areas, which is in contradistinction to writers and psoriasis, which characteristically are asymmetric and do have skip areas in the spine. The hallmark lesion in the spine is marginal syndesmophyte formation, which are thin, vertical, dense spicules of bone bridging the vertebral bodies that represent ossification of the outer fibers of the annulus fibrosus. This is an example of ankylosing spondylitis in the spine, and you can see the thin bridging syndesmophytes to which the red arrows are pointing. The white arrows are pointing to the fused sacroiliac joints. There may be straightening or squaring of the anterior vertebral margins early in the disease, which is due to an osteitis at the anterior corners of the vertebral bodies. Bamboo spine is the appearance that's been described on the frontal view of the spine because of the undulating contour of the spine due to the syndesmophytes. There may be reactive sclerosis at the corners of the vertebral bodies, which is called the shiny corner sign. And patients with ankylosing spondylitis are prone to fractures of the spine, which may in fact lead to pseudarthroses. This image shows the appearance of the bamboo spine. This is a coronal reconstruction of a CT scan of the lumbar spine, and the white arrows are pointing to the thin syndesmophytes. This image demonstrates a transverse fracture through the posterior elements and the vertebral body, which is a chance fracture in a patient with ankylosing spondylitis. Sclerosis on either side of the fracture line and this very well could lead to a pseudoarthrosis without operative intervention. Also in the spine, there may be symmetric erosions of the laminar and spinous processes. The apophyseal and costovertebral joints may ankylose. There may be periosteal whiskering at the sites of tendinous insertion. And this is an example of whiskering of the iliac crest there are these irregular excrescences of bone, which the white arrow is pointing to. An enthesis or enthesis is the site of an attachment of a ligament or tendon to bone. There may be traumatic enthesopathies or inflammatory enthesopathies. The inflammatory enthesopathies include rheumatoid arthritis, ankylosing spondylitis, writers, psoriatic arthritis, and diffuse idiopathic skeletal hyperostosis. All of these diseases can result in this periostitis at the site of tendinous insertions. In this example, we're seeing the iliac crest, but it could also occur around the ischial tuberosities and the calcaneus, amongst other areas. Inflammatory bowel disease. Crohn's disease, between 3 and 16% of patients with Crohn's disease will have sacroiliitis. It can occur independent of the activity of the bowel disease. HLA B27 antigen is usually elevated, and the sacroiliitis is usually bilateral with SI joint narrowing and erosions and eventually sclerosis. 
In fact, it's identical in appearance to ankylosing spondylitis. This is a frontal radiograph of the SI joints in a patient with Crohn disease. You can see there is bilateral fusion of the sacroiliac joints as indicated by the red arrows. It is identical in appearance to ankylosing spondylitis, except that the patient would have a history of inflammatory bowel disease in most cases. And here's an example of the CT scan of the pelvis in a patient with Crohn's disease. The red arrows are again pointing to the fused sacroiliac joints. Between 1 and 22% of patients with ulcerative colitis may also have sacroiliitis, and it's slightly more common, sacroiliitis with ulcerative colitis, than it is with Crohn's. It is not correlated with the activity of the bowel disease. The spondylitis actually usually precedes the onset of bowel findings. It's more common in males. The imaging, once again, appears identical to ankylosing spondylitis. There may be peripheral joint involvement in 50 to 70% of patients with ulcerative colitis, especially the shoulders and hips. And there is a higher incidence of elevated HLA-B27 in patients with spondylitis or iritis. Other seronegative spondyloarthropathies include those which are bilateral but asymmetric rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis, and Reiter's syndrome may affect one SI joint but usually affect both asymmetrically. Gout is a rare cause of sacroiliitis. There may be erosions in the spine. This is a plain film example of psoriatic sacroiliitis. Both SI joints are involved, but the right SI joint is more fused than the left SI joint, which is narrowed and slightly irregular. This is the characteristic appearance of psoriatic arthritis in the hands. The red circles are demonstrating a characteristic erosion at the distal interphalangeal joints, which is called the pencil in cup deformity. This is a frontal view of the sacroiliac joints in a patient with Reiter's syndrome. The right sacroiliac joint is sclerotic and nearly fused. The left sacroiliac joint is much less involved but slightly irregular. Infectious sacroiliitis is rare. It may produce unilateral sacroiliitis and infectious agents that produce this finding can include staphylococcus, especially in patients who are drug abusers or tuberculosis. So let's review. For SI joint involvement, bilaterally symmetrical, think of ankylosing spondylitis and inflammatory bowel disease. Bilateral but asymmetrical, think of psoriasis, writers, and rheumatoid arthritis and unilateral, think of tuberculosis or staphylococcus. Now it's time for your mini quiz. This is a 37-year-old with foot pain. Pause your computer or MP3 player and decide which of the diseases we've discussed this most likely represents. Well, you can see that there is bilateral involvement of the sacroiliac joints, but it is asymmetric. The left sacroiliac joint to which the red arrow was pointing is nearly fused, whereas the right sacroiliac joint, the white arrow, is narrowed and irregular. With a history of foot pain, you might lean toward Reiter's syndrome, which is what this patient had, but this could represent either Reiter's syndrome or psoriasis or even rheumatoid arthritis.